You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show that's in the studio for now. <laughs> Before we get another stay-at-home order. <laughs> I'm Cody. And I can't wait to be trapped in my house. <laughs> I'm Sam, and I live in the studio, so I'm so I'm good. <laughs> I'm Samantha, and I'm essential worker. <laughs> you are. Yeah, I think we. I think at this point we all kind of are, aren't we? I still work, but not I safely. Have to, yeah, I get to stay in my house. Oh, see, there you go. So yeah, hey, thanks for tuning in this week. We have a great show for you, a bunch of news to go over. But first, let's talk about some things we've been checking out. And I just realized what I forgot to pull up. So I'm vamping for time <laughs> because we have a thing that we do now. Oh, and no. here we go. Oh, that's right. We have a thing and... Check it out! <laughs> gotta have that soundboard gotta have the soundboard it's a fixture of the show now uh, yep yep it's the fifth member of the show <laughs> fourth today fourth today fourth today fifth well yeah anyway <laughs> the soundboard is josh today <laughs> today yes <laughs> <laughs> need to get some josh quotes on the soundboard <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we could do. Yeah, I can, I can simulate you guys. Yeah. By the end of this, it'll just be me just playing, <laughs> playing the keyboard with you guys with your, with your, with your catchphrases. <laughs> no, you, you'll just make clips out of all of the hours of recording, recorded dialogue you have yeah. for us. Oh yeah, so yeah. It'll be you and like a recording of of me going. You're right, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> And Josh saying, I know, right? I know, right? (laughs) Oh, Oh. (laughs) this is really loosey-goosey today, guys. (laughs) So check it out. Uh, Wait, what did you say? Check it out. Check it out! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, enough of that. (laughs) Uh, we watched the rebooted Child's Play, the Mark Hamill one. Oh the other yeah, day. I remember when that was uh, being released. It's it's fairly new. It, it's from the before times when people went to <laughs> see films. Mama, do you remember the before times? <laughs> um, it was actually it was really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the one with uh, Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, it, right. Yeah, as a mom, which which is weird because like. She's our age. Well, I, and I well, guess like we are that old. We are it, that age. I, it, they made a joke about her being basically a young mom. Like it's not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they they poke fun about it, which made me feel a little less old. But <laughs> so the movie itself, it was good. Oh yeah, it, this one, um, Chucky the Buddy doll is a like kind of a mix between a doll and alexa oh it's like an internet of things kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. and i mean they use it pretty well it it's a good twist on the concept mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like forced or dumb or anything it just there's some there's some fun kills some creative and fun kills in it which is you know, if you're a horror movie fan that's the kind of the thing you look out for in oh, a sure. movie sure sure and it, it it gets there it does good Good thing. Well, nasty things. But 
like better than you'd expect from what was kind of like a mass market attempt at child's play. Uh, Mark Hamill was pretty good. I felt like I expected him to get like real nasty evil, but he doesn't really. He doesn't go there because it's not really in the character. In oh, this one, okay. he, he's kind of like a a misunderstood, not misunderstood, but he was programmed wrong. Ah, gotcha. Okay. He was being programmed by a Vietnamese guy in a factory who was just fired. So, you know, he took all of his limiters off and programmed him wrong on purpose. Okay, this sounds like two different things. It sounds like that old treehouse of horror with the crusty doll. <laughs> <laughs> and it also sounds like small soldiers. Yeah. yeah. Like, kind of shades of that yeah, mixed it, with Chucky. It, like, opens at, like, a Foxconn-style, like, factory where they're building these dolls, and then, then he sabotages this one. Oh, uh, okay. And it ends up you know, it ends up in Aubrey Plaza's house. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Which, like, I, it's, it's not a great open. Like, it's kind of lazy. I feel it's kind of lazy to be like, oh, it's a disgruntled Foxconn employee, like... Yeah, that does, but in a movie like that, maybe the reason behind it is it it's not the focus. Yeah. The focus is the kills, right? <laughs> yeah, and they're good. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't seen it, but I remember when it was coming out, there was some talk about there was some comedy. If there's like some kind of dark comedy aspects to it as well, I mean, is that yeah, correct? There's, there's yeah. jokes. Okay. Uh, there, there's some, there's some really good uh, African American characters in it. Actually, that there's a good cop uh, named Detective Mike and his mom that lives down the hall from uh, Aubrey Plaza and her son, and he's a, <laughs> just a really good character. They're both really fun and and add a lot to the movie too. Oh, cool! Very cool. But yeah, I would if you like horror movies, this is this a pretty good one. I was surprised. Because I know there was a lot of, like, heat on it because it's not the original writer. Mm-hmm. They didn't hire, like, anybody from the original Child's Play. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's Mark Hamill. It's not the original voice. Meg Tilly isn't here to voice the bride of Chucky. Was Jennifer, it Meg Tilly? Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly. I, I get those two mixed up. <laughs> and I don't know why, because they don't sound very similar, but it's the last name, I guess. There's room for both, though, I yeah, feel like. Well, yeah. I mean, like, this was fine, and... I heard recently they're gonna, they're trying to make a Chucky TV series. I had heard that. Yeah, that has all of the original people involved. So that's happening. Like, okay, well, we can have both. That's fine. Of course, I don't think this did very good in theaters. So I doubt they come back to this particular Child's Play well. But it's it's worth watching on Hulu. Hey, there you go. Cool. <laughs> seal, seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hey, um, I can do mine very quickly. Uh, my check out is I went back to work after Ooh. being <laughs> off due to the troubles. But uh, so the I haven't. Tr- <laughs> hey, I, I think we from now on we should just call it the troubles because that's kind of what it's been. We're all dairy girls here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so my my major time has been spent reacclimating to having less time to do things. I did download the movie Money Plane. <laughs> For folks who haven't heard anything, this stars a professional wrestler and also Kelsey Grammer, where <laughs> they steal money from a casino that is on a plane. Let's hope 
Kelsey Grammer doesn't accidentally fall out of the plane because if he did, it would <laughs> like that. That would sound like that. That's a terrible clip. <laughs> yeah, that was when he fell off the That's stage. That's when he at, fell off the stage. That yes. like Disney World or something, and he goes, "Oh, good lord! Oh, good lord!" <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing I checked out. So because there's no E3, all of the game developers have been doing their own kind of digital showcase showcases kind of thing. And Devolver is one developer that every year... Publisher. Publisher. Uh, they put on probably one of the best showcases year after year. It is... They barely talk about the games that they put out no, and I for think, the year. And I, I think all the games they showed, they showed last year, Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah, Carrie and... They've showed for the last couple of years. <laughs> which I learned what that game is. It uh, controls like a... Um, uh, permanent grappling hook so it's just it's a twin uh, stick you move the character the blob with one stick and you grapple with the tendrils with the other stick and that seems really cool but anyway <laughs> devolver digitals uh showcase every year has an ongoing continuity between years <laughs> and this was like feature length this it, year it's <clears throat> it's the most like buckwild r-rated like yeah. Gory. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tongue in cheek, meta. <laughs> yeah, it uh every year it stars fictional uh spokeswoman Nina Struthers <laughs> who just yells and does not care, has open disdain for the crowd <laughs> and the customer. <laughs> oh yeah. Um last year she was put into like a mindscape kind of thing where she was forced to announce games and this year was her breaking out of that yeah like she, i said it's very con continuity heavy she basically got trapped in a nintendo direct and yeah. where they stole like almost the exact look and graphics oh, it was it was very similar yeah. oh yeah <laughs> But, but yeah, uh, it, it was a continuation of that plot line and of her breaking out of, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there were references to Terminator. There were references to, oh, last year it was RoboCop. There were a lot of RoboCop references. <laughs> uh, it, it was just, it's insane. It's a crazy bit of uh, media. And they always have a gimmick every year. What was it last year? Last year they had bootlegs of their own games on sale on oh, Steam. They right. had a Devolver bootleg. Yep. Two years ago, it was the loot box coin <laughs> where they had a fake, basically a 3D printed coin that you could buy and the price of it changed drastically like every 15 minutes for the entire time it was on sale. I think at one point it went up to 150 bucks <laughs> for this cheap fake plastic coin. But this year, their gimmick was they put out a free 3D uh, shooter game on Steam that takes place in an abandoned E3 yeah, like conference. Conference. Like you break in after hours to mm -hmm. look at all the Devolver games at the Devolver Land Expo. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was great. It's great. Yeah, it's it's fun and it's free and it's also an ad like <laughs> Yeah. One of the major components is going from booth to booth watching the trailers for these games. I have it downloaded. I haven't played it yet, but I've seen some other people play it and it looks great. Yeah, I I've played about <laughs> 10, 20 minutes of it, but I haven't finished it. You can't save, so you have to do it all in one sitting. Oh, you sitting. do? Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's yeah. why I haven't finished it. Gotcha. I love the, the plot line about 
there's like an evil executive and she yes. goes on about how hype is more important than the game itself the people want the people want the hype they don't care about the game when the game comes out they beat it in two hours and then they're looking for something else to get excited about <laughs> yeah and that is very true yeah <laughs> It is. It's spot on satire oh, it of absolutely the of is. the entire video game industry. Like, mm-hmm. it's so good. Yep. But that's it. That's all I've really checked out. I'll have more stuff next week. But uh, yeah, yeah. I've I've played a couple games. The the new Paper Mario came out today as we're recording this, and I've put maybe a half an hour to forty minutes into it. Mm-hmm. Not far enough to get past where they'll actually let me like do a battle without telling me what to do <laughs> explaining what an item is yeah telling me yeah, <laughs> what is an item uh but it it seems it's almost more of a puzzle game than an rpg the rpg is kind of secondary to mm. like lining up the enemies when you get into a battle it goes to a separate screen where you have rings of enemies around you and you have so many moves to line them up into groups so you can attack them more efficiently Oh, that's that's kind of clever. Yeah, and if if you do it right, you basically like you're gonna win the battle. Okay, like cool. it, it it makes it completely unfair if you can solve the puzzle. <laughs> so it, it's more of a puzzle game than a straight on RPG, which I mean I'm I'm okay with that. I'm I'm not gonna diss on something for trying to be different. Sure, trying to do something different. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean I know a lot of people are already mad that it's not just that one on gamecube again a thousand year door door. yeah which people love that one and like it's a good game like don't get me wrong i like that game but if nintendo doesn't want to make it they don't have to right yeah (laughs) yeah give them give them the agency to go and do something different some kind of innovate a little bit honestly i don't want to play the same game again yeah like, if they come up with a good twist on that concept with the same battle system and stuff, then yeah, do an- do another one. But if there's... I feel like there's not a whole lot there that's just treading the same ground again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems good. The writing is good. It's very funny. Oh, good. Bowser spend- spends the whole game so far folded up to about the size of an envelope and he can't get out. <laughs> That's great. So he's the same, you know, blustery, loudmouth Bowser, but he can't do anything. He's real tiny. Yeah, because he's tiny. (laughs) Uh, It's like weirdly dark when people get folded into the origami shapes. Like they play it as kind of like a body horror thing, but paper. Yeah, I got that from the trailer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's very, and it's really funny. It works really well. (laughs) I'm excited to play more of it, but I'm not far enough in where I can tell you like, yeah, definitely go buy this game. But it seems good. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah, I've been looking at it. I just, uh, I'm curious to see what you have to say when you, once you get a little bit further into it. Oh, the graphics are real nice, too. Everything, oh, sure. You know, everything looks like paper craft world, which they really, they've gotten good at nailing that, like, handcrafted look. Yeah. They well, did it in that Yoshi game that came out probably a lot longer yeah. ago than I, I'm thinking it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the other game I've been playing is uh, Deadly Premonition 2. Okay, I've heard some things about this. Yeah, <laughs> which is a sequel to the wildly ridiculous uh, Deadly Premonition, which is like Twin Peaks the video game. Yeah. Uh, this is, it's very similar to the first one. Like, it's still pretty janky, but the writing is still really good and really 
out there and different and creative. I've heard it. its storyline mirrors True Detective season one almost to a T. Almost. Really? Yeah. You're, oh, in, you're in the South and it's jumping back and forth between older and younger and there's some mysterious maybe mystical thing going on <laughs> see i never saw true detective i did i have seen twin peaks and the oh, first okay. game is twin peaks yeah <laughs> it well, it's not that's doing it a disservice to say it's exactly the same because it definitely had the director's name swurry it has his fingerprints all over it like oh yeah it's so clearly this guy's vision yeah and his vision is weird and i love it <laughs> oh yeah swurry's great he actually follows me on twitter i don't know why huh yeah, it is the weirdest oh, thing. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's awesome. But uh, yeah, yeah. I've also heard that at times it is so jank, you can't tell whether it's actually broken or if they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it, the frame rate is so bad in the open world, it is, it's rough. Luckily, you don't do a lot of like important stuff out there. That's just mostly like moving around and like... Mm -hmm. On your skateboard? Places. Yeah, on your skateboard. You're an FBI agent whose car gets stolen, and you have to skateboard around a Louisiana town <laughs> while a 12-year-old follows you around. <laughs> <laughs> the open world doesn't have... Like, most of the any combat or anything where you need a higher frame rate for it to not feel like garbage is in smaller locations. Mm -hmm. So it's not that big of a... It's not like a deal-breaker. Mm-hmm. But it's not ideal either. <laughs> they said they're going to try to patch it out. So hopefully they fix the abysmal frame rate. It'd be nice if it wasn't a Switch. Ex I mean, I love the Switch, but it'd be nice if it wasn't a Switch exclusive. So it could be ported somewhere else that could run it better. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but still, like, they didn't, they didn't need to make the graphics look better. Like, it looks better than the first game, which is good because it's a sequel and there's like a... 12 year difference between the two games right but like i don't think anybody was expecting it to look really good anyway because it's deadly premonition so yeah why not scale it back so it runs better right and <laughs> again that might be part of that it's kind of janky on purpose because i've heard the first one compared to the room of video games kind of i i don't think that's a fair comparison because the, because Deadly Premonition is in t there's intent behind it. Oh, okay. You know, he he does this weird stuff with with intent the intention of making it weird. Like it's not, the room was but I was mean like the, the the broken stuff, the the bad frame rate and the kind of the weird unintentional stuff. I mean I I guess I don't it just like I mean, if it's apples and oranges, then that's fine. Yeah. But okay. Okay. I mean, cool. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's a it's a comparison that that works, but it's also like it's doing a disservice to Deadly Premonition. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Because it's sense. it's a p good piece of art. Okay. Despite its technical limitations, whereas the room is just a failure on all. It's a piece of art Front. because it's a failure on all fronts. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That, that <laughs> and makes Tommy sense. And Tommy Wiseau right. doesn't own up to the fact that it's not supposed to be funny. Fair. <laughs> like the, the, the artist's intent is completely different between the two things, I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah, Swery's just trying to make this, you know, fun, cool game. Whereas, like, 
you know, Tommy Wiseau thinks he's making dramatic art yeah. and fails on every <laughs> every conceivable <laughs> level. <laughs> we finished She-Ra, but I feel like we've talked about She-Ra a thousand times on here. Yeah, it's good. It, yeah, it's good. There's nothing else we can really say yeah. about it. We well, can save that one for a week when Josh is here. <laughs> yeah. Because he'll also have things to talk to you about with, uh, with She-Ra. <laughs> Man, I'm, I've already missed it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have something else. I've been playing uh, Hat in Time, oh, which okay. uh, isn't exactly a new game, but it's not super old either. Yeah, okay. Um, it's just like a 3D platformer, like a Mario 64 or a Mario Sunshine type of deal. And it's cute, and it's fun, and you collect things in 3D worlds. I mean, the, the platforming and player control is excellent, so... It, so it makes it a fun game. Sometimes it tries a little too hard to be, like, wacky funny, mm-hmm. which is a little bit annoying, but not enough to where it's grating. And then sometimes it does hit, too, and it is kind of funny. But a lot of times, like, there's a character named Mustache Girl who's a little girl with a mustache for <laughs> just because that's funny, I guess. Well, that is, <laughs> to be fair, that is pretty funny. <laughs> um, and then the voice acting is really cute and fun, like, it's a good 3D platformer. It's up there with your banjo kazooies and your other other banjo kazooie. <laughs> I forgot all 3D platformers that weren't banjo kazooie oh, there geez. for a second. <laughs> you know, there's not really that many really good 3D platformers now that I think about it. Yeah. There's like Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, banjo kazooie, the second banjo kazooie that's not quite as good. I have a soft spot for Donkey Kong 64. Yeah, I like Donkey Kong 64 for as much as it is like a just a huge pile of garbage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's a fun huge pile of You're garbage. You're just collecting so much trash in that game. Oh, yeah. Like the Kongs should be carrying around like a glad garbage bag to put all their, <laughs> all their different colored bananas and their three different kinds of coins. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you have to make sure you're the right character to pick up the right color banana for no good reason other than to make the game take longer. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good, it's, but it's a fun game. It's a fun it's, game. And yeah. it's goofy and silly and fun. Mm-hmm. Man, you'd think there'd be more 3D platformers like that. Why isn't there? People like them. I love them. Well, when Rare was bought by Microsoft. <laughs> and then they shut them in the Connect Sports Mines or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Well, sea of Thieves now. Oh, yeah, Sea of Thieves. So, you know. Yeah, that's... They're doing something. Yeah, that's good. People like that game. Yeah. I should play it more. I've played it like two times. <laughs> it it's, seems fun. I just... Yeah, I haven't had a chance to it's sit just down. The, I don't want to voice chat with strangers. Yeah. That... It's the only thing that keeps yeah. me from playing it. Like, if I had a set of like four or five people that I knew that played it, I mm-hmm. would be more inclined to. But I don't want to get yelled at by kids for being a bad pirate (laughs) (laughs) yeah same same here (laughs) not appealing yeah all right well hey let's go ahead and take a break here and when we come back we'll get into a little bit of news in the middle of the earth in the land of shire lives a brave little hobbit whom we all admire with his long wooden pipe fuzzy woolly toes he lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him bilbo bilbo baggins he's only three feet tall bilbo bilbo baggins the bravest little hobbit of them all 
Hobbits are peace-loving folks, you know. They're never in a hurry and they take things slow. They don't like to travel away from home. They just like to eat and be left alone. But one day Bilbo was asked to go on a big adventure to the caves below to help some dwarves get back their gold that was stolen by a dragon in the days of old Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins, only three feet tall. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Well, he fought with the goblins. He battled a troll. He riddled with Gollum. A magic ring he stole. He was chased by wolves, lost in the forest, escaped in a barrel from the elf king's halls. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. That brave little hobbit whom we all admire Just sitting on a treasure of silver and gold Puffing on his pipe in his hobbit Ho, ho, Bilbo Bilbo Baggins He's only three feet tall Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins The bravest little hobbit of them all Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins Hey everybody, we're back. That was the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins by Leonard Nimoy. Not because we have any sort of Lord of the Rings news, but... Nope, it's because he was on a Star Trek. Yes, he was the Spockman. Yes. Science Officer Spockman. And friend. <laughs> on Star Trek. Yes. So we have uh, we have a little bit of Star Trek news. There was a trailer for the new animated series Star Trek Lower Decks that was released here this past week and what'd you guys think of it apprehensive yeah Yeah. apprehensive yeah (laughs) that is accurate i i know they could make a good star trek cartoon show because it's been done Mm -hmm. and i really hope this has more nuance to it but it really looks like a star trek licensed rick and morty show that's exactly what i said (laughs) when i saw it it looks like pg rick and morty in space it's the animation style is fine i have no problem with it it just seems like all the jokes are very obvious oh we're the we're the crew that doesn't get all the glory because we're we do all the grunt work on the spaceship. We swab, swab the hollow toilet. Like- yeah, that's that is the level of humor in this trailer. And yeah, I was really kind of hoping for something more with this. Although, judging by the way they treated Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard, I am not surprised. <laughs> yeah, the character design, like, it almost looks good. Almost. Yeah, it's like so close to looking slightly different from every other adult animated show and just like just not quite hitting it. And I think that's what makes it extra frustrating. Yeah. Because it's it's close but not quite there. Because it looks kind of like Rick and Morty a little bit. It looks kind of like Family Guy a little bit, but it's different enough. Yeah, it's just detailed enough to mm-hmm. like almost look better, but just not quite there. Yeah. Which I hope is not the I same case for the writing. I don't... Why do all, like, adult animated cartoons have to have that 
awful, ugly look. I don't know. Because Rick and Morty is popular and because Family Guy was popular and they can't make Simpsons style characters because that would be an obvious ripoff of Simpsons style. Yeah, it's whatever adult animated show is popular at the time. They just steal that look because yeah. like when family guy was big everything looked like a family guy and everyone now had those and... big bug eyes and yeah yeah and now uh, rick and morty's the big adult show so they, it looks kind of like that but mm-hmm. but better because rick and morty is pretty ugly it's pretty ugly <laughs> they have yeah. some spot on like cool alien designs they do but their human characters are boring and ugly oh incredibly <laughs> To be honest, and we were talking about this before uh, before we started recording, I was really hoping they would have done something more along the lines of spoofing the old animated series. The one from the original series. That's basically like a third season of, of original series. Yeah, well, fourth season. Fourth but yeah. season, yeah. yeah. I, I, sorry, I forgot. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, oh how could you? No, uh, that show was done by Ruby Spears, I believe, and it looks like well, it's, it, it's filmation. 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 Oh well, well now I've made a mistake, yes. so we're even now. <laughs> but uh, it was almost hilariously generic looking, and it was always like way too zoomed in on yes, every everybody had face. way close ups, <laughs> so they had to animate less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it wasn't the animation that made it good. It was the writing because it was all the same staff was, as the original series. Yeah. And I was kind of hoping with Lower Decks they would do something along the lines of like a C-Lab 2021 or something like that where they would use, if not use that old animation, at least mimic that style and and make some jokes, poke, poke some fun at it. That would have been great. That's but, the show we would have got in 2003. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's very true. But it would have been better. It would have uh-huh. made it funnier just from... The fact that it looked like like Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. And at least would make it look different than every other adult animated show there is. That's kind of the thing <laughs> right now. Yeah, it needs to it needs to be different. It needs to be better. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not saying it has to look like a freaking Studio Ghibli movie and be oh, beautiful. Oh, no, no, I'm no. I'm just saying look like something different. Yeah. Like, it, like Bob's Burgers at least looks different. Yeah. You know, Agreed. It, it's not an attractive no. looking show, but it has its own identity. It, it has its appeal because it's unique. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I just, I don't know. Um, with the show looking the way it does, it's, its appeal is going to have to rely on its writing. And again, I don't know if that writing is going to be there. I think it's a lot of ex Rick and Morty people. Oh, really? Anyway, so oh. don't get oh. your hopes up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of course, you know, we all thought that the Orville was going to be Seth MacFarlane making Family Guy jokes in space, and it didn't end up that way. Well, <laughs> I think the difference there is these Rick and Morty writers, for as far as I know, they're comedy writers who are just on a project, whereas Seth MacFarlane legitimately loves Star Trek, and the Orville was him living out his fantasy of being a legitimate Star Trek. <laughs> it was him Star Trek LARPing and we all got to watch. And it was fantastic. Yeah. God, that show was so good. It was so good. I mean, we always get on a tangent about how good the Orville is. So like, if you haven't watched the Orville, watch the Orville. <laughs> because because the Orville is next gen with an extra notch of comedy. 
that's all it was. They had their serious episodes. They had they tackled their big things. They had legit Star Trek stories. That story about how they went to that space station that had its own ecosystem and the people inside it forgot that they were on a starship. That's just Star Trek. Yeah, that's a Star Trek story. <laughs> yeah, that's all that is. And that's great. It doesn't have to rely only on the jokes. Yeah, they never let the jokes get in the way of telling a good sci-fi story. Exactly, exactly. And vice versa. They never let the good sci-fi story get in the way of a couple good jokes, too. Yeah. When, when it, there's an episode where they're being chased by a killer alien clown that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that now. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to another topic. Uh, what... Uh, what off the list would you like to uh, ramble about for a bit? Hey, do you know there's no announced Nintendo games coming out now for the foreseeable future? Yeah, that's weird. It is. There's always at least something on the release schedule. And now now that Paper Mario has come out, there's it's void. There's nothing. I can't think of a time that was ever like this. That is very weird. Well, no, take that back. Bakugan. <laughs> That's not a Nintendo well, published yeah, game. Yeah, true. Uh, we, did we talk about that on? No, Halo? we didn't talk about it. They, Nintendo tweeted that they were going to show some, do a treehouse thing where they show some live gameplay of Paper Mario, and they're going to have a new third-party project announced by WayForward, who is the like a third-party almost indie developer studio mm-hmm. that does the Shantae games. They do a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, they did uh, River City Girls, Contra Four. They're an excellent developer. And it turned out that that was a 3D Bakugan game. Okay, so what is Bakugan? It's a kid's anime about Uh, a trading card game or marbles or something. It's like Pokemon, but... Oh, is that the one where, like, you roll the thing and then it springs out and it's like a little monster that was a ball before? Yes. Oh, yeah, oh. initially I thought I got it mixed up with Beyblade. I thought it was the battle top. See, one. I was just going to say, Beyblade, I remember Beyblade being much better. But yeah, it was, it was just one of those like Pokemon knockoffs that was yeah, from like was. the time when there was like six of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, that's weird. No new Nintendo titles on the horizon. No. Although we're saying this now, and by the time this goes out, there'll probably be yeah. some kind of announcement. That's usually how it works. I'm I'm mentioning this in an attempt to will a Nintendo Direct uh, yes, into yes. being. Well, yeah, it's it's been a while. I guess it's been since well, it's been since the Pokemon Directs, and that's yeah. not a and that Nintendo doesn't even really count. Party. Yeah, yeah. So, huh? I think the last like full direct was in like September or something. Well, then Wild. Well, then we're due. Yeah. We're absolutely due. I'm sure we're going to hear something about something here in the next couple of weeks. And when we hear about it, you all hear about yeah. it. Because that's how it works on this show. <laughs> um, speaking of Nintendo and things, uh, maybe they're uh, not putting out any games because they're too busy designing those Legos. Yes, there's a very <laughs> extremely cool new Lego set coming out in August that is Literally just an NES, uh, the game console, and a TV made of Lego. <laughs> it's kind of insane. It's unreal how cool yeah. this thing is. It's like practically a one-to-one recreation of the NES out of Lego bricks. Yeah. And a TV that has a crank on the side that cranks a scrolling screen of Super Mario Brothers on it. Mm-hmm. All made out of Lego. It's, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And it comes with a cartridge that you can blow into as well. Yeah. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, and put into the mm-hmm. NES. Yeah. 
It is so cool. It's also $230. It's not that cool. <laughs> I don't know. I might buy it. I don't know. I, The way I feel about this is the same way I feel about the Simpsons house. I was just going to say that. I was going to guess you were going to say the Simpsons house. Yeah. I love that it exists in the world, and I am overjoyed that pe- that it is in people's homes to make them happy. I cannot justify spending that amount of money for a Lego set. Yeah, I, I can't I do it. deeply considered buying the Simpsons house also, but I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but the NES I might have to. <laughs> yeah, it is just it is just so cool. It's like the consolation prize we get for the Mario Legos being basically for kids. Like yeah. they're like here's your adult set. And this thing has a connectivity with that, doesn't it? Yeah, actually, it does. If you take the little Mario figure that comes with the Lego Super Mario, stick him in the top of the TV, he plays a soundtrack to go along with the what's on the, cranking on the screen. That's really cool. That's really cool technology, the way that it, that it kind of works with that. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Part of me wants to buy those Super Mario Legos, too, even though they're, oh, really? even though they're very obviously for kids. <laughs> they're still, like cute designs that would be fun to build <laughs> yeah yeah no the the temptation's there but i still eh. if anything when they eventually put out lego blind bag uh, minifig sets like you know they're going to i will probably buy all of those yeah but i'm a sucker for a lego minifig oh blind yeah bag. yeah even if they're not a license i'll even buy like the regular lego oh ones, yeah like, it's just fun to get a cool Lego man. <laughs> the smartest decision Target ever made was putting a bunch of those at the register. <laughs> oh, no. Also, fun fact, from years of working at the comic book shop years and years ago, I have an uncanny ability of feeling blind bags <laughs> and, and guessing what they're what's in them. It's how I got my Aquaman, my 90s <laughs> Aquaman from the DC set. I was like, oh, hey. That feels like a fish. Yeah, back when I worked in retail, I would I would grab a handful of bags and sit behind the desk. Oh, and, and like, just feel them. Feel them to try and figure out what they were. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I remember helping a little girl do that for the My Little Ponies. Oh, <laughs> she wanted a Pegasus one so bad. I'm like, did you get one? Did I, she get one? I don't, I think oh. I'm like here. This one has a horn. <laughs> or something. I forget what. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, hey, we were talking about uh, Nintendo and Mario stuff. Can you tell me about these Nintendo oh, Mario Oh, yeah, I forgot we things? had this on the list. Yeah, it, yeah. It came out not too long ago along with the release of Paper Mario. In an interview, they asked, like, where are, like, the fun original characters that, like, like the other Paper Mario games had? Like, they would have, like, a Goomba that wore a hat. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know just variations on your standard Mario enemy. Apparently it came down somewhere at Nintendo, some executive or maybe Miyamoto, I don't know, decided to say, you can't do that anymore. You can't create original characters based on existing Mario characters in these games anymore. Oh, weird. So that's why in like Sticker Star, Color Splash, and in this uh, current Paper Mario, you don't see like, oh, this is a Goomba that wears a hat. His name's Goombill. You don't see that anymore. Weird. And it's because they've decided that's not allowed for, I think it's like some kind of branding thing. Huh. But like, it definitely does kind of take the charm out of the games a little a bit. A little bit. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly don't think it's that good of a 
decision. It's weird and arbitrary. I blame the collective consciousness love and Nintendo's hatred of Waluigi for this. Yeah. Yeah, they don't yeah, they don't want some character they don't want everybody to love Goombill and then borrow and bother him for hours about putting him in Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Goombill got a, an assist trophy and that's good enough. Yeah. I, I can see him kind of wanting to rein in this like ever expanding ridiculous sure. cast. Yeah, I can understand that. Because people do latch on to like the weirdest characters out of these games. Oh like, yeah, or like the people who are like diehard Princess Daisy fans. It's like, but why? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I get it. It's Princess Peach, but she's good at sports. <laughs> she's sassy. Sassy Peach. I I get it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it is. This is kind of a bummer, but. Uh, I can understand it for branding reasons, not wanting just all sorts of stuff. You know what? Limit the new creations. If you showed up at Mario Super Sluggers, then you're allowed in the Mario yeah. games. Because that game had a wild cast. Yes, it did. It had it pulled from the... It had King K. Roll in it, it for King crying K. out loud. It had King K. Roll It had those palm tree idiots the, from the, Su- yeah. Mario Sunshine. I don't know what they're called, but... It had those guys in but it. But you see, Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door had those guys, but they were also mobsters. Oh, really? Yeah, but now you couldn't do that. You no. could just have the palm tree man. Oh, weird. You can't put him in a suit. Oh. You can create new characters, but they can't be associated with the Mario, the greater Mario universe in any way. So they have to be completely brand new, like from whole cloth. Yeah, that's why you got stuff like the Origami King and the oh, Origami... Oh, okay characters they're they're completely unconnected to the existing mario world so they're allowed huh that's wild and that's why the bosses are like a ball a ball of uh i almost said a ball of band-aids that would be disgusting <laughs> a ball of rubber bands and like some pencils that is weird it just it just seems completely arbitrary like yeah huh i guess people won't get brand confused well, but it's such a se- Paper Mario is such a separate franchise from Mario. Mm-hmm. Like it always has. I I think they're they're um, really undercutting the consumer's intelligence on this one. I think people will understand Whoa. the difference between the Mario RPG game and the Mario the Jump on Turtles game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, weird. Well, maybe we'll see some brand new characters that'll eventually be so popular that are so wildly outside of the Mario thing that it'll get it included into Mario. Yeah, it'll work against them. (laughs) Yeah, see, there you go, yeah. All right, well, hey, let's uh, talk about, let's switch gears and talk about some uh, TV and comic book-y kind of things. So you know that Batman movie starring Robert Pattinson that they started working on and then they stopped working on it. Because of the troubles. Because of the troubles. You know how that's, that's a whole thing... I guess, including the whole thing where Robert Pattinson refuses to uh, do any of the uh, strength training or exercises that the studio is begging him to do. <laughs> he refuses to get in shape to play Batman, which I kind of think is hilarious. He's, he's such a grumpy, grumpy, smug man. <laughs> it's it's kind of great. If Bruce Wayne were a real person, he would be a grumpy, smug man. Yeah. So it's it's very fitting. Also, like, 
I, I think his his view on it is probably why am I going to expend all this energy to be in a forgettable comic book film like yeah you know everybody it'll probably end up being everybody's third favorite Batman movie like right yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, but anyway um, the new news broke that uh, along with this movie there's going to be a series for HBO Max uh, that is set in the Batman universe which is kind of weird this particular batman universe yeah well the batman is the name of the movie so that's that's why i'm using the batman as the as the nomenclature but like it's not based on the cartoon that was called the batman that cartoon was bad oh yeah (laughs) it was but uh but yeah no this show uh that they're doing for hbo max is supposed to be based in gotham city and on the gotham police department there's a comic book series called Gotham PD years and years ago. And I have a feeling that they're going to take some stories from that and place it into this uh, show, which I can kind of see. I'm kind of looking at it two different ways. One, it's kind of interesting that they're trying to do it like a transmedia kind of thing where they're not just doing a movie, but they're doing television. They're going to kind of bridge the gap on the flip side. If, your movie is so dense that you need an accompanying TV series <laughs> to explain how your universe works. Maybe trim the fat out of your movie yeah. and maybe, maybe make it so that people who don't have HBO max or don't care about sitting and watching a hundred hours of a TV series can just go and enjoy the movie and yeah. not feel left out. You know what I mean? I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. This is kind of a week. This is a head scratcher to me. Yeah. I feel like they've been dancing around Gotham PD for years. Yeah. And it's a, it's an interesting concept. It really is. The comic itself was very good. It does. It focused on Detective Gordon and it focused on uh, Renee Montoya, who is a really interesting character. I mean, uh, very timely because, you know, we're getting more uh, LGBT characters in uh, media Renee Montoya is uh, one of the yeah. first major characters. People know her now. Yeah, She's people in know Birds her. of Prey. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's very true. I, I'd completely forgotten about that. <laughs> I apologize. The office is getting a little warm, and I'm starting <laughs> to get a little forgetful. But I, but yeah. So uh, we'd have that ca- that kind of character. Although more and... people should have watched Birds of Prey. Shame, I agree. Shame on you, yes. America. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But uh, it also followed uh, Harvey Bullock, who was a character from the animated series. And it was like beat cops trying to live in a world where there are super powered villains and also a vigilante that is working outside the law, but also working with the law (laughs) and how you kind of work around that. And that's an interesting concept. But I remember talking about it when Gotham was a yes, was not out yet and like well maybe they're gonna take stuff from this for gotham and i was really hoping that's what they would do turns out that's not the case no that was super not the case (laughs) with with gotham but but um hopefully they do it this time and make a good show (laughs) yeah here's hoping here's hoping hey so twitter got hacked that's weird right (laughs) oh yeah that's totally weird yeah a couple days ago um Somebody got a hold of a bunch of the blue checkmark verified accounts and were posting some sort of uh, Bitcoin phishing scam on them. On a lot of, yeah. So for folks who aren't on Twitter, um, 
blue check marks are basically celebrities or people who have been verified through who have been deemed worthy of yeah, of the check mark of the by, check mark by twitter itself. yeah i had nerd overload applied for blue check mark status years ago and um we were denied <laughs> but um at the time the reasoning was the blue check marks are there for for anyone who is in danger of being impersonated by someone else by a, a spoof account or something like that that way actual celebrities or people in the media can go okay this is actually yeah. me saying this you know that's the real chrissy teigen right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah all these uh blue checkmark people got hacked and it was about they were all locked out of their accounts for what like two hours or yeah. something like that so twitter was only the plebes <laughs> yes yes only us little people were left to use twitter for two glorious hours <laughs> yeah it was uh it was and people a lot of people uh commenting on it <laughs> and uh, the blue check marks were able to retweet other people's things but not post anything on their own so People were like trying to send Morris code almost through their, <laughs> their yeah. Uh, what it was the voice actress, uh, Christina V. There was, I guess there's an account called every letter ever. And it's just 26 tweets of every letter. <laughs> so she was spelling out words with, with, with <laughs> of those. Of course she was. Yeah. Yeah. It was really funny. She's a delight. <laughs> she, she really is. Yeah. And I mean, there is a wider discussion about, the security of Twitter and how there's a good chance that this was done internally. Someone, a disgruntled employee hmm. by Twitter or something because, which leads to the thought, so Twitter has the power to just hijack everybody's account <laughs> for whatever. And then there are political things that I'm not going to get into on the show. Oh, yeah. But if you think about the security of Twitter and particular folks who use Twitter to send important th things out to the world and uses it as their their main platform mouthpiece, of mouthpiece yeah. to talk to the public <laughs> and how that could have been there there's a whole wider discussion but let's not talk yeah. about that let's talk about you know how elon musk was <laughs> tweeting about bitcoin for two hours also a bitcoin phishing scam what is this 2012 right yeah you had all this power <laughs> for all this time and you try to run a two-bit scam, that's that's ridiculous. Is Bitcoin even worth anything anymore? Oh, probably I haven't not. checked in a long I own some Bitcoin. Oh, you do? I don't know how much it's worth. Probably nothing. I have never owned a Bitcoin. I don't understand. I refuse to understand how a Bitcoin <laughs> works. I'm sure I could figure it out, but I refuse. Like, I, I take I just that back. Don't know. I don't own a whole Bitcoin. I own a very tiny fraction of a bitcoin oh really Is yeah that, see i don't even know how that how i that said buy me five dollars worth of bitcoin which is like point oh 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 three of bitcoin wow or something ridiculous wow and it's all digital so i don't know to my brain that's just like flushing five dollars down a toilet basically yeah. yeah that's what it ended up being <laughs> so what we learned is uh the world is better with the blue check marks gone. Yeah. Let's let's lock them out more often. Twitter was a mistake. Twitter was an absolute mistake. <laughs> now, I'll, and it's a I'll mistake right I back. check multiple times yeah, a day. Yeah, I need to check my Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, that's that's a whole thing. <laughs> I need to go use the website that makes me feel bad. <laughs> yeah. We got to go check out the bad site. Yeah. The bad place. <laughs>
So we've got some, some Watchmen stuff? That's They're trying to make that a thing again? Yeah, they keep trying to make Watchmen a thing, and I just... I wish... I understand the appeal of... Watchmen was a good 12-issue miniseries. I'm not sure if it's as... I mean, it's, it's very good. It's very seminal work. I'm not sure if it's as good as many people kind of tout it to be. I mean, they, they teach it in in they colleges do, they do teach it in colleges and i think it has its place in like the, the top echelon of graphic yeah. novels but i don't know if it's as important as it's been made out to be and dc comics just keep trying to milk that for all it's worth and i just kind of hate it it's, right now in the comics there's a whole thing about there's a batman from a parallel universe that is also a joker and he looks like he was drawn by a particularly angry, or designed by a particularly angry uh, 14-year-old. Yeah, it's not great. And they're trying to tie that in with Dr. Manhattan from The Watchmen now. And there was a whole 12-issue series about, called Doomsday Clock that, en- that took longer than a year to come out. But uh, it just ended a few months ago or something where they basically said, oh, yeah, so at the end of Watchmen, where Dr. Manhattan, the only person with superpowers, said, I'm going to go to another universe and create my own little thing to play with because I'm interested in being God, basically. They say, oh, yeah, no, that's the DC universe. That's that's where he made Superman and Batman and, and all that stuff. And it was never intended to be that way. And it's it's not good. It's not good. And I wish DC would layoff of it's it's yeah it's weird, weird yeah to try to to like they're trying to shoehorn this thing cash in on such a seminal work of yeah. art like the, the problem is watchman was never supposed to be part of the wider dc universe it was supposed to be its own thing its own separate thing and because the movie did well and because the graphic novel continues to do well they are constantly trying to go, oh, no, it's actually part of this, and you yeah. need to actually put it over here. And same thing with this um, Rorschach. Rorschach is kind of, this is very broad strokes, but kind of the Batman-esque, or he's the question from DC Comics, but for the Watchmen, people don't really know who the question is, so I'm going to say Batman. He's kind of <laughs> like Batman. But they're doing, like, a, a limited series based off this character, and... The whole point of the character was you don't know much about him. And so it's dr- completely against creator intent. It's but. completely, completely against creator intent. They did the same thing with that whole mini, those all those miniseries before Watchmen. They did like, a, I think it was like five or six different three-issue miniseries based on different aspects. None of it had anything to do with the original creator and the original creator's intent. Watchmen in itself is its own contained story. You don't need anything before or after it you really don't and by adding things before and after it all it does is diminish the main work yeah unfortunately we're kind of in the minority of this opinion because a lot of people are like oh i want i like that thing i want more of that thing <laughs> but you can't have more of that thing because that thing was such a uh incredible like coincidence of people coming together to make a thing that was a particular piece of artwork like so many factors came in to make this good. You can't just say all oh, more. Yeah. That's not how things work. <laughs> you know what? Fifth Element. Fifth Element is a movie that does not need a sequel. It does not need a prequel. 
it you know exactly by the end of the movie you know exactly how the universe works it tells its story has beginning middle and end and by the end you're done and every movie that that director makes afterwards people go oh this is the next fifth element and, and then they're never as good and it, they're never as good <laughs> It's it's the same it's the same thing with Watchmen. You don't need anything before or after because the world was so fleshed out to begin with. It's just it's frustrating to see opinions of Alan Moore, the original creator aside, he's not a real likable dude. <laughs> and a lot of his stuff before and after Watchmen there are opinions <laughs> of some of this stuff. I don't know. I just wish they would just leave this whole thing of DC Comics alone and just go do something else. You don't have to tie everything together. Not yeah. everything has to be connected. It's fine. It's fine. Just don't worry about it. Feels like trying to milk a famous piece of art. Like yeah, you guys, you guys into that Mona Lisa? Well, here we hired somebody completely different to paint you Mona Lisa two. Yeah, Mona Lisa two that has elements of Mona Lisa one. You like it, a Mona Lisa? <laughs> well, this has the same kind of eyebrows and. Facial features of Mona Lisa 2. But Batman's standing behind But her. Batman's there. And also Starry Nights in the background. <laughs> also, there's a Cubist section in the top corner. Yeah. No one really is really sure why that's there. And I mean, it's cool on its own. But in the... Yeah, it's... Yeah. Also, this painting takes place before... Like, 10 minutes before Mona Lisa. Yeah. So you kind of get, like... You can kind of see the stool that she's getting ready to sit on. She's kind of blinking because they <laughs> caught her at the wrong moment. Yeah. 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 I don't know if we've made any sense with this last topic. But, I don't know. But, got, I, but I sure do feel better talking funny. about it. It got funny. Yeah. And that's, that's got to count for something. <laughs> I really want to see this amalgamation Mona Lisa 2 now. Somebody please make Somebody this draw, for us. Someone draw Mona Lisa 2 for us, please. <laughs> And with that, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap things up for the day. You have been listening to Nerd Overload. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com as well as various social media sites like Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, and the bad website, Twitter, <laughs> at Nerd Overload now. We're still allowed to tweet. <laughs> you can email us at staff at nerdoverload.com. Uh, you can give us a call on the Nerd Overload hotline, uh, 586-372-8020. Tell us uh, what famous painting you'd like a sequel to. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know what, what Shakespeare play needs a good good sequelizing? Wasn't there a movie called Hamlet 2? There was. Okay, I, that's the first <laughs> thing that came to my mind. Came yeah. to mind. I was like, oh, that's already a thing. If I remember right, it was actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. Uh, you can also find all of our back episodes on various podcast apps like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. And finally, I'd like to thank David Pencil for the use of our intro and outro. You can find more of his stuff at davidpencil.com. So again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Pizza out. <laughs> <laughs>